Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome to the Islamic Thoughts Podcast. My name is Atsis and I will be your host. Uh, I will be introducing the podcast, the project and the platform behind the project. So to begin with, who are we? So we are a team of individuals um, from all over the world um, who are activists, researchers, students, teachers, and we have a primary focus on the Islamic sciences, um, the political sciences, and thereafter, you know, the thinking, the dynamics of thinking, and the Islamic thoughts within the contemporary age. Uh, the need for there to be a discussion and interaction with Muslims regarding the pertinent issues that are faced today towards Muslims. So to begin with, let's begin by you know, just int- having a little introduction just on the platform itself. So what is Islamic Thoughts? Islamic Thoughts is really a project and a platform that was created not too long ago um, on the Discord app. Now, the Discord app um, is, you know, very similar to like almost like a forum or a Facebook group or, you know, some sort of social media. However, this has additional features that allow different conversations to take place at the same time. Um, Not only that, but it has the ability to discuss over voice and so on and so forth. When it comes to the platform, I will be going into more detail towards the end. So for those that do want to join, for those that do have questions, for those that do want to get involved, uh, you can find the invite link to the platform um, in the description box below. So Islamic Thoughts, the podcast and the project. So just to begin with thinking first, thinking tends to be a very, very important concept to the human nature. Uh, Abdullah ibn Abbas, the companion of Rasulullah, um, he, when he used to speak about thinking, um, he used to reference it a lot of times to hikmah. Um, and, you know, really split it into three different forms. Uh, the first being intellect, the second being understanding, and the third being intelligence. So really from this, it allows us to have a very, very unique view as to where thinking is placed within a human being within the world today. Uh, giving the human being an insight, the human being being able to assess the realities around him, the situations, um, you know, being able to identify problems and being to address, being able to address them uh, using a very consistent approach and something that is divine in nature to ensure the objectiveness of the approach that a Muslim has today with the use of intellect. So to begin with, how do we actually put the Islamic in thought? How do we produce Islamic thinking? Throughout this podcast, we will begin by taking the audience on a journey. This journey will be entail going through the steps, the very, very unique steps that essentially created a very unique generation at the time of Rasulullah wasallam, and that was his companions. How were the companions formed? Uh, How did they possess qualities that were utilized, ensuring that they would be able to convey the message of Islam, that they would be able to, you know, independently develop the Islamic framework and ensuring that Islam was preserved, you know, the worship of Allah 
was always at the pinnacle of whatever tasks that they had. And thereafter, ensuring that, you know, the foresight of going to Al-Firdaus will always be there intact into the minds and hearts of the Muslims. So when we say Islamic thoughts, although we can take the definition of Abdullah ibn Abbas that involves the intellect, the understanding and the intelligence, when we actually view it from an Islamic point of view, Islam possesses something which is very, very important and distinctive from other forms of thinking. You have today the scientific method of thinking, the philosophical method of thinking, the logical method of thinking, and the other numerous methods of thinking that are evolving every single day as we speak. So now, with the Islamic method of thinking, it focuses on one primary question. Uh, What is the purpose of life? Why are we here? What are we doing here? Now, in order to address these questions, we will be looking further into the development of how humans perceive their purpose, how humans perceive value within this world, and thereafter, how that value is measured and extracting the principles of how humans reach to the conclusion of Islam is actually something where the intellect is measured by a direct means of thinking. So once Muslims come to the realization, the conviction, the affirmation uh, that Islam is the truth, that we do have uh, divinity within the guidance that we have been, that has been brought through the Qur'an, through the sunnah, the sayings, the actions, the commands, the prohibitions of Rasulullah wasallam, And thereafter, you know, the Quran and sunnah manifesting within the companions' lives, uh, you know, through the Rashidun, uh, via the form of the systems, the Islamic systems, and also within the development of the various subjects, such as philosophy, theology, um, science, medicine, uh, so on and so forth. So when we actually look at thinking within itself, thinking involves, you know, some sort of knowledge, but that knowledge giving the ability for a human being to contemplate. Now, when we look to the Qur'an, uh, the Qur'an has many, many prompts within it. Uh, one of the most notable ones is where Allah Azawajal says, so Allah says in the Qur'an, do they not contemplate of the Qur'an or are their hearts sealed? Now, when Allah is saying, do they not contemplate on the Qur'an, the ayah, the verses of the Qur'an, this is giving a very, very direct uh, form of guidance to human beings, uh, primarily to Muslims and to non-Muslims. Now, when we view it from the Muslim lens, um, it becomes very clear from the verses and from the words that are used in the Qur'an that this is not only a prompt of uh, guidance, but it's a prompt of thought, a prompt of contemplation, uh, a prompt on, you know, realization uh, to ensure that the Muslim mind can comprehend the realities that are placed in front of him or her. And at the same time, ensuring that they have a reference point to address the realities. So when we look throughout history, um, the development of Islam via both theory and application, um, 
there tends to be a very, very important subject that is addressed. This subject is one of Ali, the Islamic sciences. Now, one of the reasons why the Islamic sciences are very important to us today is because due to the absence of an Islamic system, due to the absence of, you know, contemporary thoughts that is at a very, very high standard as it was in the past, having scholars that are at the calibre of, you know, like the likes of Ibn Taymiyyah, the likes of Imam al-Ghazali, uh, the likes of Imam Ahmed, uh, the likes of Ibn Qayyim. So when it comes to, you know, where we are today within this Islamic thought, we need to begin by defining how did decline take place? Why are we in the situation that we are in today? And how do we, you know, better our situation? Now, this betterment, this betterness really uh, involves uh, some method of revival. This revival can take place through political means, through, you know, intellectual means, through academic means, uh, even through um, evolving means. So one of the primary indicators from the Qur'an that we mentioned before is via using the intellect, via thinking, using the thinking process and using Islam as a basis of that thinking. So one of the reasons why this podcast was created is to explore all of these aspects, explore how thinking exists today within the Muslim mind. Uh, both via the layman and via the scholars that we have today. Um, so, you know, with ilm comes under ilm various subjects, i.e. philosophy, science, uh, fiqh, sul al-fiqh, um, and so on. Now, when we focus on individual subjects, all of these subjects must be seen within the context that they were addressed in by the cl- classical scholars and the manner in which they were brought forth to mankind um, in the way that the prophetic tradition was actually conveyed to the Muslims. This really needs a very thorough analysis uh, due to the fact that where we are now uh, lacks understanding, lacks theory, and lacks application of how this knowledge is applied in society today. Um, Through the institutes that exist today, uh, for the Muslims, uh, via you know some of the universities in the Arab world, the traditional Islamic madrasas, the darulums, the markas, you know uh, all of these institutes and foundations that are built to teach Muslims from a very young age Islam, the aqidah of a Muslim, the beliefs, and really where the thinking lies from an Islamic perspective. But the question must be posed that to what effects are these institutes and establishments actually having a positive impact and giving Muslims, you know, that level of independence in thinking, some level of critical thinking, so that they can ensure that, you know, Islam isn't just taken as another religion. Uh, Islam is something that's very comprehensive both in, you know, the ilm that he possesses, the divinity, the objectiveness of the message, and having a very clear basis. So, you know, just going through some of the topics that we'll be addressing from here on will be 
the Islamic thought within itself, um, ensuring that the, all the relevant questions are asked. Uh, then thereafter proceeding to what is the ilm methodology? How do we actually categorically define each of the Islamic sciences and what those Islamic sciences mean to us today? We hear these terms like Sufism, uh, Salafism, Wahhabism, uh, you know, the Kalamists, all of these topics, all of these terms that are used to address a, a people, that are used to address a very specific subject, need to be done so in a manner that ensures that the Islamic basis of thinking is applied. In order to do that, it would involve uh, various questions, and from those questions would root even more questions. And really, the purpose of this podcast is to ensure that when a Muslim individual that's been, that has gone through these traditional institutions, that has inherited Islam, um, unfortunately, you know, because Muslims have, you know, difficulty in seeing the gaps and the bridges between secularism and Islam, how do they actually deal with problems on a day-to-day basis? And where is the reference point for that? So uh, a Muslim might go to university in his teens and come across new philosophical thoughts and scientific thoughts. When that Muslim returns home and asks his parents, um, a lot of the times parents are unable to answer these questions. So the second point of contact would be going to the imam, going to the scholars. And today, unfortunately, majority of the scholars, they are unable to address this. So what would that actually lead to, essentially, is doubts within Islam that the Muslim develops. And when this happens at such a, a mass level, it really then, you know, prompts this idea that how do we address this? How do we answer these questions that the Muslims have when that they encounter at places like university, that they encounter when they're watching documentaries, when they're reading books, contemporary books, um, and really also when it comes to the Orientalist approach, how do we address this in terms of critical thinking, um, ensuring that Islam it remains consistent and persistent, um, both in theory and its application. So from that, we can sort of bring the idea of what is a worldview? Um, within Europe specifically, post the French Revolution, you had the, you know, the outburst of secularism as an ideological function to serve the Europeans post a very uh, theocratic rule. Now, what this led to was you know, forms of ruling systems such as democracy, along with these values such as liberalism, freedom, uh, you know, the economic functions, such as capitalism and so on and so forth. But when we actually contrast this to Islam, Islam has clear principles that, you know, uh, need thorough analysis and that entail the belief within itself. So how do we take something, an idea of something like, you know, Islam says that the necessities of every single Muslim individual within a society must be fulfilled by the authority, by the state. Now, when you contrast this to Western dynamics, to, you know, the secular thoughts, both have a very unique uh, worldview in which all of these aspects are entailed and the principles actually take form 
that me and you would actually encounter on a daily basis. How many Muslims come across people that are homeless? How many Muslims come across ideas that are very compelling, but unfortunately, when they try to measure it through the Islamic scope, they are unable to do so. Uh, that could maybe be due to a lack of knowledge or a lack of opportunity to discuss these aspects. So when it comes to the Islamic Thought Project, this is one of the very primary functions of what it is trying to address. And what we are trying to do is to bring every single thought that exists today and actually provide it a very clear Islamic basis that works and even questioning whether it works or not. Um, thereafter moving on to the aspect of why, you know, the understanding, the theory and application is needed today. When we open up books of the classical scholars and, you know, books of hadith and Quran, you know, just looking at it at a very surface level gives the impression that only a scholar would be able to open up and read this or, you know, a normal average Muslim would not be able to comprehend to what extent, you know, the Islamic thinking of the author is taking place. But is this even true? Uh, do Muslims possess the capability to actually review history, review previous jurisprudence, previous thinking, and actually put it into perspective of what is going on today? One of the major problems that Muslims face today is, you know, having a sense of comfort, having a sense of confidence with the identity of Islam. Being a Muslim, being someone who, sub, sub, you know, being someone who submits to the will of Allah, what does this even entail? Um, does this mean that for an individual that is working all day, um, that has children, that, you know, has a very comfortable life, should this actually impact the Muslim individual or should it not? Or should it be confined to a very secular version of Islam? And how is this addressed in contemporary thoughts? So one of the, one of the times when we actually see critical thinking taking place at a very, very high level would be something like academia. Now, academia attempts to actually look through the classical thinking of scholars, of civilization, of the Islamic systems, such as, you know, the Rashidun era, the Abbasid era, and the Ottoman era, and really have a very, very broad focus as to why the thinking even took place. Uh, have that level of criticism to see what led to the situation that we are in today, where, you know, uh, unfortunately, there is a very big gap and a divide between the West and the East. Uh, what is happening in Africa today? What's happening in North Africa today? How have Muslims ended up within, you know, systems that, are, you know, tend to be very suppressive to them? Uh, you know, there are very huge economic problems that Muslims are facing today, which, you know, the inevitable of actual change uh, via the Arab Spring, via the revolutions, via protesting, via movements and groups. You know, what does Islam say about these groups? How do we assess any of this? How do we make sense of what is going on in the world today to the Muslims? So, you know, via through this, 
we have two primary subjects to address. Those subjects would entail firstly decline and revival. Now, when we actually look at decline, uh, the Islamic thinking will, of course, be established to begin with. But when we actually look at history and putting history in the perspective of decline, specifically in terms of how Muslims were colonized, how Muslims have actually gone through this period of change, where they've ended up in a much worse place than they were before, comparing an era of someone like Umar bin Khattab to the era of the last Ottoman Caliphate is very different in principle, in theory, in application, and, you know, in terms of the thinking that every single Muslim possessed under that specific rule. What makes these differences so important to us today? And is there hope within the Muslims to ensure that the revival that does take place ensures that we can return to an era where it is very unique, just as the companions had a unique generation. They were affected by the ayah of Qur'an. They were affected by, you know, the way of Rasulullah the message that he brought forth. And, you know, although these topics are very broad, the scope of them, you know, can last almost more than centuries. It really does determine for the Muslim that what do we need to do today? How do we need to think today? Is there even a way of thinking from the Islamic point of view? And how do we engage in that process of change? So when it comes to the platform uh, of Islamic thoughts, you know, where this project has evolved from, where this project has, you know, been formed, the platform on Discord has really, over the last few months, been a very, very high level of intellectual engagement at every single level of the Islamic sciences, of the political sciences, and also at, you know, the assessment of the realities around us today. What is happening in the Middle East today? Why is it the way that it is? Um, You know, when we speak about theology, when we speak about philosophy, what does that even mean for the average Muslim? Why are Muslims, you know, in... Uh, the intellectual realms becoming so concerned with this? And is there even a need for concern? All of these questions are something that we'll be digging deep into with the use of specialists, with the use of, you know, uh, very important guests, both within the Western academia and in the Arab world that are studying, uh, you know, at a very advanced level in aspects like hadith, in aspects like fiqh, in aspects like kalam, and so on and so forth. Now, when we actually bring these individuals to the platform, you know, uh, they can be called muhaddith in their own right. Now, what is a muhaddith today? Uh, a very brief example would be, you know, we hear the term often that what is hadith criticism? How is criticism very vital to the hadith sciences? And how do you actually view it in terms of application? either application of authenticating hadith, authenticating what Rasulullah said, and how does that impact the average Muslim like me and you? So, you know, when we actually delve into these topics within the episodes to come, we will be actually be looking at uh, the present in the context of history, 
looking at individuals like uh, Sheikh Nasr al-Albani and actually viewing his works for the level of interaction that the Islamic sciences possesses today within scholarship, within academia, and within revival. Um, how do we actually take something, a concept of tahrij, for example, and how does a Muslim actually engage in that? How does a Muslim enter the framework of such a sophisticated science and make sense of this? When it comes to aspects of fiqh, you know, from a very young age, Muslims, you know, they are taught how to pray salah. They are taught how to fast. They are taught how to pay zakah. Uh, I mean, to this, to this degree, that with the society we live in today, even zakah is something that, you know, not many Muslims understand, unfortunately. What is the reason for this? Uh, why is it that aspects of uh, financial transaction, fiqhul mu'amalat, why are these not taught to children today? Uh, why has, uh, you know, the, the core Islamic functions of knowledge being a basis for the Muslim, why has that become so distant from the Islamic personality that exists today? Now, to address these questions, I mean, it's going to take a very long time. And this is really the beginning of a journey where we will be exploring all of these different dynamics, these functions, these concepts, all from the ideological view of Islam, presenting Islam in a very comprehensive manner that entails that the features that come out from Islam, um, i.e. in terms of knowledge, in terms of theory, in terms of application, that actually, you know, it is not subjective to the extent that people use it today in their bias, in their own agendas, uh, whether that may be for financial gains, whether that may be for just a means of establishing a person. So, you know, when it comes to aspects of history, when it comes to aspects of the Islamic texts, and when it comes to aspects of politics, you know, the siesta sharia, how do we actually view these? And how do we understand them? And how do we apply them? So these will be the, you know, the main topics that we will really be addressing, uh, along with, you know, various other subjects from the Islamic sciences. Um, and this is all to, you know, develop an intellectual hypothesis that is very, very complete and sound and practical for the Muslim, average Muslim person to, you know, sort of take and grasp and, you know, really implement on a day-to-day -day basis. Now, what we are here to do is not to tell you the answers to all of these questions, but rather answer them from the perspective of a basis. So once the basis has been established in order to how to answer these questions, how to approach these questions, this will naturally prompt even more questions. And those questions you know, our aim is to ensure that the Muslim individual from our audience has the ability to go and find the answers themselves, to be, have that level of independent thinking that is very critical, that is very crisp in its nature. And, you know, it's very, very, you know, unique, just as the unique generation of the companions were and the thinking that led them to, you know, go to the, you know, the uh, furthest corners of the world just to take this message of truth, the message of Islam, 
the message of you know submission to one deity so you know to summarize and to conclude i mean this introduction alone has been very difficult to formulate we've had you know various attempts in order to how to present it and you know one of the things that i would really like to shine light on is the fact that one of the reasons why we are here and we are doing this project is not for the purposes of entertainment is not to just you know give a muslim 30 minutes to an hour just something to time uh, you know pass time and listen to rather this is you know the ability to open the room for discussion to open the room for both development independent thinking and critical thinking and you know bring the muslims forward revive the ummah bring them to the levels of discussion that are required today to meet the intellectual capacity that a muslim needs and essentially i mean where this thinking would take an individual is to jannah i mean to paradise this is essentially what every single muslim wants this is what a muslim hopes for and you know when we look through the sunnah when we look through the quran there is always this aspect of change there is always this aspect of justice whether that is a social justice or intellectual justice you know the primary you know the distinctive point here is justice within itself but when it comes to a muslim today and they see injustice whether it's a political injustice a social injustice or an intellectual injustice how do we actually form resolutions that the muslim is able to adapt to the environment that he is in and to ensure that you know they can look at any situation and assess it and actually say that hold on a second i mean i have a correct basis i have conviction in my aqeedah i don't just take my aqeedah as something at a surface level and view it as you know points of belief that are mandatory for me to follow actually you know i have affirmation in this uh, there's nothing that could you know nothing that could shake my beliefs at this stage and i know for a fact as a muslim that this belief that i possess is the objective truth you know the divineness of it is ensuring that i have a purpose here to fulfill now one of the very first episodes uh, that we'll follow to this introduction is an episode that would take the muslim on a journey this journey being how to assess our contemporary life our life in the contemporary age within the 21st century now you know knowing the state of the ummah knowing that there is a room for intellectual development and at the same time knowing that muslims do have thinking although the discrepancies that exist today may you know come from the islamic basis or what's understood what do you actually make of the islamic basis is there even an islamic basis that you can use this comprehensive enough for you to sort of live your entire life upon and bi'idhnillah uh, ta'ala this journey within itself will form some level of direction for the muslim and will ensure that every single episode that follows it can be seen within context it can be seen within a perspective 
you know, a very, very special perspective that, you know, enlightens the Muslim, that awakens the Muslim. Uh, you know, there was once a time on Twitter, there was once a time on the forums, like the Islamic Awakening forums, where Muslims had the ability to come on these platforms, ask questions that they would not be able to ask questions to their parents, to, you know, their ulama, their scholars, but they would be able to ask these questions here. And someone somewhere else in the world would be able to engage with these questions, try to answer these questions, prompt further questions, create absolutely new discussions, discussions that place, uh, you know, the thinking of a Muslim in, you know, the most rigorous perspective that can ever be built. And this would change the lives of Muslims. This would change their thinking. They would have some level of determination as to how change takes place and how to actually measure what is going on today and what will happen tomorrow. Developing some level of foresight that a Muslim has confidence in, you know, living for. So, once again, I mean, you know, these aspects that I've covered, the concepts I've covered, they've been very, very brief. Uh, you know, one of the purposes of this has been to ask more questions than to answer them. But prompting these questions is the very Quranic method that has been placed down. Allah says in the Quran, you know, do mankind not think? Do they not see? Do they not appreciate? Do they not contemplate? So all of these things that Allah is prompting the human to do, should we not, with open arms, take these prompts and, you know, actually appreciate them in the world for what they are? And this is the primary objective of the podcast, to really do that with substance, with ilm, you know, with uh, very unique perspectives, with fair assessments that, you know, shape the Islamic worldview, ensuring that the Muslim can, you know, gain great benefit from this. Not just benefit that, you know, we will last at an emotional level, but we will last for the rest of their lives. So, I mean, from there, the only thing I can leave with is, you know, I would invite you all to join the Islamic Thought Server on Discord. This server, you know, it has over 500 members from all around the world. It includes specialists within the Islamic fields, thinkers, you know, uh, activists, like-minded individuals that actually want to see change, that want to get involved within the discourse of Islam, both from an intellectual perspective uh, and from a political perspective. So that is the only thing that I could leave you with. Um, and we hope that you will join us on this journey. We hope that, you know, the ideas that have formed for this podcast will shape the understanding within Muslims today, will answer the questions of Muslims today, and will remove the doubts that Muslims have. And, you know, one of the ways in which we are, we are going to attempt to address these is not just taking the doubts at a surface level, rather going to the roots of the problems. And that is why things like the world, Islamic worldview, that is why things like the Islamic thought itself is so critical, so crucial to every single person today in the world, whether they may be Muslim or non-Muslim. 
So I hope that, you know, this project is a very successful project. I hope that, you know, from what we are attempting to do, even if it may be a grain of benefit that can, you know, have an impact on Muslims today, we hope that that can be done so with sincerity. We hope that the passion that the individuals have behind this project will really showcase in the quality that we present later on. And, uh, you know, from here on, we will be the full steps of the way. Even if that means that, you know, uh, if a Muslim comes on for the first time and he actually doesn't understand a concept, he has more concepts to address, he has more questions to address, we have a platform to address that. We have a platform where the Muslim can come and engage and I really get into the grips of these ideas. So, you know, again, you know, I would invite you all to, you know, join the platform. If not, we would invite you to subscribe to the, our channels where we will be actually publishing the podcasts. Um, if anyone has any ideas, any questions to address, we encourage you all to, you know, send them through to us. Um, at the end of the day, this is merely a service to the ummah, as opposed to filling a void, filling a gap. The work that is done here will be the work that we would like to see in the change that is to come, the revival that is to come. So may this be a very, very, very successful project, both within its roots, both within its application, both within, you know, the aims that we have, to, that we actually set out to do. So may Allah again make it successful. May Allah keep the Ummah firm at a time like this. And we hope to see you on the net podcast, inshallah. Ma'as-salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.